We need more Talon Stacker stickers. I'm going to go to every Bucky's, sneak into the men's restroom, and start posting stickers in all the stalls. Hi, I'm Anita Smith. I'm Bradley Rice. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the, the Salesforce, Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In today's show, three former blue-collar workers share how their past jobs measure up to working in Salesforce. Trucking is extremely stressful. It was going to eventually get to the point where it was going to kill me. There's no paid vacation, no paid sick time. If it's a holiday, you don't get paid, so you're working an extra day that week. Also, we get to hear some inspiring words on how to crush your insecurities and pass your interview. They're looking for a reason to hire you at this point. They're not going to waste their time, resources, everything else just to tell you no. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In this week's episode, we are going to be hosting another panel, but this time we're going to be talking to blue-collar workers who made the transition from what would be a non-technical background into what's considered a highly technical job as a Salesforce career. And with me to dive into this topic today, as always, I have Anita Smith. How's it going, Anita? Hey, it's going all right. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm still going through vacation withdrawals. I spent the weekend kind of rethinking and redesigning my day-to-day and my my weeks. But yeah, other than that, it's going pretty well. How about yourself? Yeah, it's it's going good. Maybe you'll need to do like less amazing vacations. Like just try to keep it simple and then you won't have all of that withdrawal, That's right? So terrible. just do super you- basic. <laughs> go super to, basic go vacations. To- yeah, just really, you know, get an Airbnb at the local state park. Go, go that you've to, Gal- been to a Galveston thousand times. is the closest beach. So People get an Airbnb like Galveston. at Galveston. Don't get mad at Galveston. <laughs> Does anyone like Galveston? I'm not sure. I haven't been here long enough. Oh, have you not been? Oh, and you came from Florida? Just I haven't heard good things. I've heard I should just go back to Florida if I want to go to the beach. I'm using quotation marks. It's the beach. I mean, it, it's nice. It's just like there's a lot of churn in the water. So it's usually a nice yoohoo brown color. Sounds nice. Sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, we can talk more about horrible, horrible trip ideas uh, maybe after the show. All right. Uh, so for this episode, we brought on a panel who came from background in blue collared jobs. And I'm going to have each of you guys introduce yourself. Hugh Richardson, would you like to go first? But of course. So my name is Hugh Richardson, and I came from 15 years of trucking after I got out of the military. No college, no anything along those lines, a little bit of trade school for the military. That's about it. After 15 years, I started studying Salesforce, and I am now working for Salesforce, the company, on a project called Karma, where we take care of caregivers for veterans. That's awesome. Working for the mothership, as we like to call it in the ecosystem. That's awesome. And our next guest is Carrick Harp. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. My name is Carrick Harp. Before I got into Salesforce, I had a ton of different jobs, anything from electrician with some trade school experience. Uh, then I went to a chemical plant for seven years. I started off as an operator worked myself up to a shift supervisor. And after that, I was a hazardous waste field technician taking care of hazardous waste sites all across the eastern United States. I've been uh, working as a system administrator for ICF International, which is a consultant company currently on the United States Department of Agriculture contract. 
I'm an admin for five different orgs and about 15 different departments of the USDA uh, has applications in those orgs. Wow. That's such a huge (laughs) change in jobs. Yeah, it keeps me busy. And then our final panelist is Jared McCarty. Welcome. Hi, everybody. I'm glad to be here. I'm Jared McCarty. I live in Fort Worth, Texas currently. And basically, the last 20 years of my work experience has been in one manual labor effort, service management. And then I ended up working for a company where we stabilized roads, roads, bridges, and runways. And so uh, I worked in a really dangerous environment and ended up making some connections at that job that landed me a job working um, working my way up into a company that introduced me to Salesforce, where now I'm a, a business analyst for a company with 400 users that I directly support. And I'm a project manager for CPQ, and I'm a, basically a lead for our revamping of Salesforce. All right. Those are some pretty incredible intros. <laughs> yeah. So I think for most people out there, it hit home, right? It's, um, it, you know, and I think in this episode, a lot of who we're talking to are people who are currently in blue collar jobs. And they, you know, I've talked to a lot of people in blue collar. I was just talking to somebody last week, this weekend, and they were basically telling me why they can't do it, right? Like I can't get into Salesforce because I'm a forklift operator at a local plant and you know, they had just lost their job and they were like, so I'm looking for another job as a forklift operator, right? Like that's all that I can do now. And that's sort of that mindset. And I don't think that's unique to blue collar. I think it's unique to people once they've done anything for a few years, they think, well, this is what I do. And the the best thing for me to do is just to keep doing what I've been doing because that's what I'm good at. And that's what I know. So I, I think the way I'd love to kick off this episode would be, you know, answer in any order. I know that may not be the best way to, to handle it, but just dive in. And I, I would love to know, you know, what made you choose the jobs that you went into, whether, you know, that was after high school, during high school, however that sort of played out, what made you decide to go the route that you went? Was that guidance? Was it a personal choice, a family sort of push in a certain direction? So yeah, whoever wants to jump in first. So I can jump in first. When I got out of the Marine Corps, you know, I was married with two kids at the time. And I tried selling cars for a couple months, failed miserably at it, wound up having to work at the Texas prison system, which job I absolutely hated. But I'd always been an excellent driver, street racing as a kid. I didn't do drugs because I was too busy paying off uh, speeding tickets type of deal. And so I said, okay, well, I need to get a job where I can support my family. And trucking seemed like the thing to do. It was something I knew I could do well. I knew you could, over time, get into a fairly high paying echelon of it. And as sole breadwinner, it was something I knew I could do at that time and fairly quickly. So that's why I dove into that. And that was back in 05. Excellent. Yeah. And and I guess anyone else? Yeah. uh, So I come from Southern Missouri. And in Southern Missouri, there's only like really three things for anybody that doesn't have any real connections to do. You get into trucking, construction, or food service. Being a trucker scared me. My family did it, but they were always gone. They always told me horror stories and stuff like that. And I didn't want to have that kind of responsibility. Uh, I was also not really uh, responsible minded at the time. So I got into food service. That pathway, I wish I had not done. To be honest with you, I wish I had gotten into tech way earlier. I always had a passion for it. And 
along the way, I went to college to get my degree in computer information sciences. And then I just didn't want to be a programmer. I wish I'd known about Salesforce then because that would have been like the very beginning stages of Salesforce's route to I I went to college in 2005 to 2007. And uh, if I had found out about it, then I could have definitely been (laughs) somewhere doing what I wanted. You know, you can't see the future. So I got into construction, did a lot of that over the years. I did some courier work close to trucking, but not really the same thing. I hated those hours. Uh, I've done pretty much everything service related under the sun from sales, being in call centers and stuff like that, where I ultimately discovered Salesforce was uh, I was brought on as a QA manager to develop a program for the company that I was working with. And I was in their logistics. So it was my job to make sure that all the product that we had was in good shipping order for it to go out. So Carrick, do you want to share sort of how you, I guess, went down your career path early on? Yeah, sure. So I enlisted in the Marine Corps going into my junior year of high school. So I knew that college was off the table for me right out of the gate. After... I went to basic training and all that stuff. It's uh, basically told, you know, get your GI Bill, use it, or basically lose it. Had, had a lot of bad information at the time. So whenever I got home, I decided I was going to do something quick and easy. Trade school, you know, 18 months, in and out, good job. You can go work as an electrician, among many other trades, but I chose electrician. I did my own thing for the longest time, and... It got to a point where I kind of needed to start with looking at some health insurance and health benefits because this time my son was four years old. I was getting ready to start a family, you know, get married, settle down and everything like that and the responsible, you know, medical insurance. So I was doing a Toys for Tots event that basically a guy came up and started talking to me. It turned into kind of like a job interview (laughs) at a local hockey game. And at the end of it, he said he's a plant manager and he would really like to have me join his chemical plant as a maintenance person. By the time all the paperwork went through, they got bought out and the new company decided to contract out all their maintenance work. But he liked me and wanted to offer me a job as an operator. Seven long years later, the commute was an hour and a half one way. And I just kind of got burned out working 12 hours, rotating shifts three hours in the car every day. I got too much. So that's whenever I switched over to the hazardous waste job. That quickly turned into a lot more responsibility than what I was anticipating in the sense that I went from uh, local area, you know, day trips I used to be in charge of, and then it became all hazardous wastes on the east side of the Mississippi, which turned into a lot of travel. And at that point, I was ready to I left the chemical plant to do this hazardous waste job because I wanted more time at home, less travel, more time with the family. And now I was quickly heading down the opposite direction. And that's whenever I heard about Salesforce for the second time on the Choose FI podcast and was like, this sounds exactly what I'm looking for. And I have nothing but free time sitting in the hotel room after a long day of work. Why not be productive? since I'm sitting there by myself. And about three months of studying, I got certified. And then two months after that, I landed my job and it was adios. Now I'm working from home, spending 
as much time as I can uh, with my family. Carrick, your story really kind of mirrors mine. When I got into trucking, it was a decent industry. But as time progressed, 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 anyone who's in trucking right now listening to this, the industry has gone downhill. And everyone who's been doing it for longer than two years knows that it's gone completely in the wrong direction. Do you find any of these past experiences somehow have helped you in your pivot to this new career, like handling situations? Yes, very much so. On the fly thought processes, problem solving, dealing with ambiguity in information, needing to communicate with coworkers, stakeholders, things of that nature. All of that transfers very well. Dealing with oh crap, the world is on fire. What do we need to do here? And being able to assess calmly and quickly. Some of that's trucking for me. A lot of that is Marine Corps, which I'm sure Kara can speak to as well. You know, things of that nature. Yeah, definitely. It's useful to gather information and act on it quickly, making concrete, solid decisions that you can back up you know, after the fact with logic and reasoning. It sounds like everyone's past career is pretty physical. How do you feel about your old career versus new career and how is everyone working remotely? I'm assuming in front of a computer. Uh, yeah, I miss the workouts and the shape that I used to be in. I've gained a lot of weight and lost a lot of muscle mass from not being lifting anything. I lifted like 50 to 300 pounds daily loading a trailer and we sent out like three trailers a day at least. And then we still had to get everything from our powder coating booths off off racks and stuff like that. And so working as a team, like 50 to 300 pounds, that was all day, every day. Then plus all my management work on top of that. So yeah, I was in shape. <laughs> I'm going to say I was the exact opposite. I mean, you don't really get much of a workout driving a truck, you know, power steering being what it is. Now, getting in and out of the truck, getting in and out of the trailers, things of that nature. Yeah, there's a bit of physicality there. I didn't load my own freight. We call it slinging in the industry, but uh, mainly because my company was terrified of back injuries. So they would not let us touch our own freight. But I actually get more physicality now because I actually have a quasi steady schedule. I can go to gym in the mornings or I've got a Oculus Rift or Oculus Quest 2 in the back that I play Supernatural on every morning. So I'm actually in better shape than I ever was before. Wait, what's Supernatural? It is a VR game where you basically boxing and swordplay is what it comes down to. I had to download it. My son bought himself one. <laughs> okay. That was like DDR for me and back in the day. That's how yeah. I got my exercise dance dance revolution for you youngins. So I, I think for me, it, you know, it's been interesting to hear really almost a different language. And I, and I think that's what it is interesting to, you know, when I talk to people who come from a variety of backgrounds and they're transitioning into Salesforce, they'll say, hey, I looked at a couple of job descriptions. You know, I logged into Trailhead. This is like learning a different language. And they fail to realize sometimes that also what they do is a completely different language. Like the the language that I've heard just in in this conversation so far you know, if you're not coming from the background you guys are coming from, a lot of it's going to just be like, wait, what, what, what do they do? How does this work? But the, but the good news is we are speaking to, you know, a blue collar audience that, that very likely 
has heard or has at least had exposure to a lot of what you guys are talking about. And, you know, I, I think getting to the point of, I, I'm really interested in how you decided on Salesforce. Like it feels so far removed from what I hear you talking about, right? When you talk about your past experience and what you were up to and my job was physical because I did these things. My job wasn't that physical because I did these things. And I'm not hearing anything about technology or learning how to do a cloud computing job. Like, how does that transition occur? And I heard a little bit from Jared, you know, he was talking about, he had some interest in technology, it sounded like, and, you know, at least was looking at it and then got some exposure, you know, through some experience that he had. But how do you go from what you're doing to even hearing about Salesforce as a topic of interest? And how do you convince somebody else who's, you know, I think it's two questions. How did you hear about it? And then how is anybody else in your shoes going to get lucky enough to hear about it, uh, assuming it's not that common of a topic? So yeah, I'd love to hear how you got in and then you know how anybody in blue collar is expected to hear about these topics. I actually heard about Salesforce because I have a friend that had been in the ecosystem, oh, probably since I think 2010, 2011, something along those lines. And they had mentioned a couple of things they were doing. And I wanted to kind of learn Salesforce just to maintain a conversation. I think I've told this story on other forums before. So I'm kind of rehashing here. But that was my introduction to Salesforce. Now, I managed to get in through VetForce, whatnot like that. But that's by no means essential if you don't come from a veteran background. Um I was always a bit of a tech nerd, and this is one of the reasons why she had these conversations with me. I was the one that was flashing ROMs on Android and keeping up on all the latest iOS news and giving her crap because she couldn't jailbreak her iPhone where I could flash three ROMs a day on my Samsung Galaxy Whizbang 3000 or whatever type of deal, You know, had every Nexus phone, that type of thing. So it was more a matter of just being introduced for the purposes of conversation and it snowballing from there. Now, as to how anyone else who's in the blue collar industry and Salesforce doesn't come up on a regular basis, I think that is incumbent upon us more than anything else. When I was studying for Salesforce and getting ready to get out of truck, I made it a point to talk to other truck drivers that I thought could do this and explaining what Salesforce was to them. We are now the ambassadors of this industry. Yes, Anita. I just came up with a really good idea on how to get more truckers. Bradley, we need more talent stacker stickers. I'm going to go to every Bucky's, sneak into the men's restroom and start posting stickers in all the stalls. You can't. Well, you could. But Bucky's would be useless because they don't allow loves, 18 loves, wheelers. Sorry, loves, loves yes, and loves. pilots. Maybe we could just skin like a a truck and a trailer and just pay somebody to drive it infinitely up and down the roads. That would work. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. You ain't gonna get me to do it, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Continue. <laughs> Before I left, I had been trying to get a whole bunch of people to jump ship and jump to working in uh, with Salesforce. But a lot of them were regular workers. They would ask me about my career path at the company. And I would tell them, and I, I'm very honest and blunt. So I'm like, you just need to get on Trailhead and start doing this. Here's my email, my personal. If you have any questions, I will be more than happy to send you all the links that I've got, including to Talent Stacker, 
which is what I was in. Well, I mean, I still am, of course, but they were asking me about that because they were seeing me post on LinkedIn and asking me questions about Talent Stacker. I didn't intentionally join Talent Stacker to find another job. I wanted to skill up and I felt that was the best way to do it. So, of course, every time that I mentioned Trailhead, I also mentioned Talent Stacker. These are the two biggest resources that I had. One's free, the other one's an investment in yourself. Hugh's actually the one who got me to finally agree to do it through his testimony. So, yeah. <laughs> I was looking forward to this just to meet you because I'm like, man, you are you were my final, like, if this guy can do it, I can do it. I'm done. Uh, I still do it, though. Every every chance I get from the people that I used to work with, if they, they ask me a question how to do something, I'm like, here's the resource, bro. Let me know how else I can help. And they ask me about my job now. I'm like, I love it. My stress level's way down. I had a workload of like 18 hours a day. Now I have a workload of 12 hours a day. Huge difference. I still don't, you know, do 12 hours. I only do eight, but I've always got work to do. And it's not as overwhelming as it used to be. And they've seen the change from me leaving the job where I did Salesforce Plus, a whole bunch of other stuff to where I'm just doing Salesforce and focusing on one aspect of the company. And they keep commenting on that. And the beautiful part is, I think, and Carrick, I'll shut up after this so you can say (laughs) you're part of it. The beautiful part is, I think, is that we're not required, or at least I'm not required to work over eight hours a day. And really, the way my company is structured, I really only need to work about seven hours a day. But I choose to work more than that because this is something I love doing. Carrick, um, if you don't mind sharing, you know how you found out about Salesforce. I think you mentioned the Chooseify podcast episode might, might have been the the origin story there for you. That is true. The first time I heard you talk about it on the your first episode on Chooseify, it kind of just was like, yeah, that sounds great. You know, if you're already in a tech industry or if that's the type of job. And then as I started learning about Salesforce on Trailhead. I related it back to whenever I was doing my own electrical work. And I was thinking, if I had this whenever I had my own company, how powerful this is and how it could be utilized, even as like a one person doing their own thing on the side. If you scale that up to a massive company, you can see why it's so successful. The more I learn about Salesforce, the more I realize that it's here to stay and there's not really anything that comes close to it. I don't think there's ever really a company out there that utilizes Salesforce 100%. There's some good ones I've seen, but the capabilities that it has to offer and the growth it could do for you know small businesses, large businesses, independent businesses is just astronomical. So there are way more transferable skills than I initially thought from blue collar jobs to Salesforce. As you were going through this whole process, like getting into it, studying, taking the exam, going through interviews, what was your biggest fear? Like, can you explain your mental state as you're going through this? I mean, because it's a big deal pivoting careers that you, you've been in an old career for decades and making that transition to something so new and so different. Did you have any fears? Yeah, I can jump on this. I originally thought, oh no, what if it's too good to be true? Because you, know, you hear... What you could start out making salary wise as a remote job and how quickly it's like, this is checking all of my boxes. Is this, you know, fairy tale? So that was the biggest concern that I had because when I left the chemical plant, 
it was just time. It was too much travel and everything like that. So I had already switched industries and left what people in my area and the position that I had was a pretty lucrative position already. And uh, whenever I left the chemical plant, there was a lot of, are you sure? Like you have a good job, you make good money, you know, blah, blah, blah. All, All the reasons why you wouldn't leave a position to begin with. Right. And now looking back uh, to go back to a previous question, how do we get more people involved? I believe the best way is to lead by example. Anybody that has known me, you know, over the last couple of years, I went from never being home, always working, always tired, you know, always back pain or, or shoulder issues or whatever from physical jobs to now I'm happy. I'm always home. I'm present. I'm helping coach football teams and stuff like that just leading by example. And inevitably the question always comes up is like, what do you do? How do you do that? You know, can you help me? I want, I want more of what you have and what you're demonstrating. And uh, once they ask that question, I just start salivating. And I'm like, let me tell you all about Salesforce (laughs) because my family is tired of hearing about it. So if you want to even pretend to listen, (laughs) I'm ready to talk. Yeah, if you don't, that, that's funny. I mean, trust me, my wife is ready to kill me if I bring up Salesforce anymore. It's it's, uh, it's become a big part of my life, if you can imagine. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if we could pivot because you mentioned, you know, the wear on your body physically. And I think when we're, you know, 16, 18, 22, it's all fun and games. And it's like, I'm going to live forever and I can do all this stuff and I'm physically fit and this is going to get me in the best shape of my life or whatever else. But you know, I don't know, like I'm only 33 and I'm already seeing the signs, right? I'm going like, oh my God, like (laughs) I can only imagine. And I I swear like at 27, the moment I had a child, I woke up like two weeks later and I was like, oh my gosh, everything's changing. This is not good. So I I guess the question I'm getting to (laughs) eventually, trust me, I'm getting there is how do you see this? Like when you look at the job you were doing, if you didn't pivot, are you going to be able to do that until you're, you know, 60, 65, like typical retirement age? Or does there almost have to be a transition in order for there to be any reasonable quality of life physically, I, I guess, going forward? And do you, did you see, was that any part of the reasoning or is it just a fringe benefit? Oh, it definitely was for me. All the chemicals that we worked with were hazardous. We had to wear respirators and basically big hazmat suits, which are not cool in the heat of summer when you're lifting 100 pound bags you know, 50 of them a batch uh, multiple times a day. Physically, you would wear down, but also just the chemicals that you're breathing in. uh, You know, you can feel and see pain in your back, but what you you don't know is is all the hazardous chemicals you're breathing in and the toll that that's taking. And as long as you are paying attention to your body, any reasonable person is, is going to say, there's a time limit here. I can only continue to do this for so long. And then what happens when I can't, especially when you're trying to support a family with that? It, it really, like you were saying, Brad, with when your daughter was born, then it really starts to hit home. So yeah, taking aside the psychological aspect, trucking is extremely stressful. And it was going to eventually get to the point where it was going to kill me. You know, I would have driven until I had a heart attack, drove off the side of the road or something along those lines. Between diet, between the stress between the fact that I was running all sorts of weird hours because I ran reefer and I picked up at chicken houses and whatnot like that a lot. Yeah, there was definitely a finite time limit and that was a driving factor. So let's talk about money. 
most people who haven't worked in blue collar or don't know people who work in blue collar, there are jobs that pay really well, especially the trades and stuff. But how does it compare to a Salesforce salary? One, and then two, is there a certain point where you just level out? Like, so versus where you can level out in the Salesforce career versus when you level out in your old career? I was almost at the top of the pay range in trucking. I was making roughly 56, 57 cents per mile, pulling in a fairly good haul. I was making probably at the end of the day, taking home about 70,000 a year. Now, could I have made a little bit more if I went to a specialized industry, heavy haul or car hauling, something like that? Yeah, sure. I could have. At my first job interview, as a matter of fact, well, not the first job interview, but during interviewing for my job at Acumen Solutions at the time, I remember talking to the recruiter and saying, well, I need to make at least $70,000 a year. And I recall them looking at me going, oh, well, we actually start off a bit more than that and being floored when you know I got my agreement and it was something, I think it was something like 80,000 a year or something along those lines, 78, 80, somewhere in there and being like, okay, so let me get this straight. I'm making five to $10,000 more than I was on the truck. My expenses just got dropped by probably $300 a month. And I am at the bottom of my, and just cool. Sign me up. Thanks. Yeah. Mine was similar. My jaw hit their floor whenever I got my job offer. And it happened to be the same amount that I was denied a raise for. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, I want to take that to a whole nother aspect of it as well. In my scenario, it was significantly more money as well. But what I find an even greater benefit of Salesforce is where I live is a smaller town. There's only so many blue collar jobs. And for my scenario, if you're an electrician, you can either do your own thing or maybe go with two, maybe three different companies. Whereas Salesforce, there are so many opportunities out there, so many different companies that you can switch to. And with that, I find that there's even more of a job security in the sense that you might not be with the same company, but there are so many positions out there that it will not take you long to land back on your feet, which for me with my industry was kind of a big concern. And now it's, you know, probably on any given week, it's two to three opportunities to interview for a new position. And it's kind of getting old of saying, no, thank you. I'm happy where I'm at. <laughs> but that's a good thing. I find that more beneficial than any salary amount that you could be offered. So I just remembered the third part of the question, somewhat semi-question. I wanted to ask, were you surprised by any of the benefits available? Because prior to me switching into tech, I didn't know there was a thing called unlimited paid time off. I didn't know that was a thing. Did anything surprise you guys? I have yet to take even close to full advantage of all the Salesforce benefits I get. You know, like I did not realize that one, my insurance when I was in trucking was total crap for obvious reasons. Here's an example. My doc decided because I'm a big boy, he wanted to have me try out a CPAP machine. 
just to see if I could, you know, sleep a little bit better with it, things of that nature. He's in pretty good shape. He said he got on a CPAP and he loves it. He wouldn't sleep without it now. All right, fine. So I went down to the place local to us that does CPAP machines. My insurance is paying for it completely out 100%. I owe nothing. There's nothing. All I have to do is use it for 90 days straight or return it, 102. My insurance just completely pays for it. My wife had to go get CT scan MRI, $15 a pop. No out-of-pocket maximum, no deductible, just $15. Wow. Okay. You know, I get benefits for massages and wellness and this, that, and the other thing and so on and so forth. It's beautiful. Okay. I'm done bragging. Yeah. I want to say for a lot of the union and trade jobs, if you don't go to work, you don't get paid. There's no paid vacation. There's really no paid sick time. If it's a holiday, uh, you don't get paid. So you're working, you know, an extra day that week. When you get into a company and the standard basically is a minimum of three and a half weeks paid vacation for the trade workers out there, that is a lot of time (laughs) that you can take and not have to worry about your paycheck. I know a lot of guys in the trades that don't take vacations because uh, if I don't go to work, I don't get paid. So that from a blue collar standpoint, coming over to the tech industry it's pretty normal to have a month of paid v- PTO starting off at your first entry level job. <laughs> it's just so funny because my boyfriend is in blue collar and it always kills him whenever we go on vacation because he does not get PTO. His boss probably hates me <laughs> that he asks for off days so often because of me. But yeah, I, I feel you. It, it's it's such a game changer. Like you, you really need to use your PTO. Like, please use your PTO. Do not forget it, especially if you're at a company that forces you to use it by the end of the year. Please take your vacation. You're not in the same industry. It's okay. I give you permission. And you can supplement that with your Salesforce salary. <laughs> yeah. PTOs are still a fairly new concept to me. I didn't take my first vacation until like five years ago. And any other time I had done it, well, I didn't get paid. So if I wanted to be able to support my family, I had to work. So I never did anything. And then my old company, they had a pretty nice PTO package. Uh, I wish my benefits now were, uh, the PTO benefits at least are as good as theirs. That's one thing that I'm still looking forward to is that uh, unlimited PTO in the future. But uh, I second that. If you have PTO, use it. Like It's the best thing to keep from burning out and resetting and taking a little bit of your time back. You're getting paid. Might as well relax. Don't sell it off. Don't not use it. If you can roll some over, absolutely plan that out. I was rolling over two weeks every year and I got five weeks throughout the year. And so I ended up having a total of seven weeks that I took full advantage of there, especially before I transitioned in Salesforce. Now I'm starting that whole PTO game over again, but it's something that I won't ever not do anymore. And Anita, you can tell your boyfriend's boss, don't feel bad. You're just going to Galveston. It's not that big. <laughs> I think it might it might stem from jealousy, probably, because we go on a lot of vacations. Just a friendly reminder, everyone, you have a limited amount of time living, so try to live it. I mean, calculate how old you are now versus how many years you have lived. Like, how many vacations are you going to be able to take a year? It's not that many when you add it up, so use your PTO. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Rant over. As you're going through the interview process, did you get 
any weird questions about your past? Did you feel any imposter syndrome? Walk me through how your interviews actually went. Mine were pretty straightforward. I definitely got imposter syndrome, especially when I jumped in and then I realized uh, what a badass I am. So I quickly get over that. I went from manufacturing to manufacturing, so it was pretty easy for me to comprehend everything that they're saying, which I think really impressed them. And just all the knowledge that I had about Salesforce when I was interviewing with the IT team, that I was able to speak their language and I was able to speak my new boss's language because he's on the sales side. So it was kind of like a match made in heaven. I was the best of both worlds to them, and I understood what they did. My new company does like forming, insuring, scaffolding, and stuff like that. So I have a lot of experience with using that stuff, not necessarily manufacturing and setting it up, but I can grasp the concepts of it. So that's how my interview process went. It was really smooth and really a good conversation. I will say the mock interviews with Justin Ducks, all the interviews that everybody else did, I learned. I didn't even use mine. I ended up donating mine because I didn't need it after watching all of these guys. I, I could see what I was doing. I'm also really good at self-reflection, apparently. But <laughs> I was able to watch them and, and all of his advice to them and what they were saying. There was quite a few of them. They have a similar background as me, so I was able to adapt to that. And uh, it really, truly helped me out a lot. I would say that I definitely had an imposter syndrome going into it. But what really helped me is my LinkedIn backed me up on a lot of what I was saying. And it also kind of guided the interviewer to the questions that they asked me. A couple times that they asked me about a, a post that I had, you know, and that really allowed me to open up and kind of direct which way the interview was going to go. And like any other job interview, your resume already got you in the door right? They already are looking at your resume saying, this guy could be qualified. Now let's see if they can, you know, are a good fit for the team. They already know your level of experience. Let's see how you learn, how you would tackle problems, things that a resume can't tell you. The resume already got you in the door if you have the interview. So the imposter syndrome should kind of just be set on the wayside because they already think you're good enough. The rest is up to you. And if you can drive the interview down the the paths that you want it to go, lean more towards your strengths than your weaknesses. I think that'll be pretty beneficial for anyone, but it's no different than any other job interview as opposed to, oh, a tech interview, something to be scared about. They're pretty much all the same. They have a position that they want to fill and they want to see if you're qualified to fill it. That's the same for teachers, chemical operators, truck drivers, and any Salesforce jobs as well. That's legit. Yep. I'll say that for me, it was less about imposter syndrome. And I think that was less because I felt super comfortable and confident. Da, da, da. The interview style was very conversational and it allowed me to kind of settle in. We did go through problem solving exercises, how I would explain some stuff, you know, business analyst type things. I had to figure out how to explain a basic concept that we do every single day to someone broken down step by step, which played into how well do you translate requirements or work with someone else, things of that nature. And with me being a natural teacher, that kind of fell straight into my wheelhouse. 
add to that that I just come off working on a volunteer project with Salesforce. I was able to throw out all of these different things that I had done and answer the questions because it was still fairly fresh in my mind what I had accomplished on that project. But to Carrick's point, you're already in the door. If you've made it past the probably second interview, they're looking for a reason to hire you at this point. They're not going to waste their time, resources, everything else just to tell you no. You're going to have to actively do something that will cost you that job at that point. So when you get in there, you know, first one's generally a conversation to see how well you would fit with the ethos of the company, that type of thing. The second one's going to be the more technical aspect. And once you make it past that point, you're in. There is one thing that I noticed, and maybe you guys can confirm or deny. The hiring process in anything regarding tech seems to be significantly slower than blue collar jobs. I've had jobs in the past where it's like you interview and you get an offer the same day. One interview, you got it. When can you start? Where it seems to me, and I've heard this from multiple people, that the tech industry is extremely slow or could be, I should say, uh, where I got a job, it was thankfully a two-week process with three interviews over those two weeks. But I've heard of it being exceptionally slower and almost drawn out. Did you guys find anything similar to that? Yeah, sample size of one here, but the entire hiring process for me was, I would say, a month, almost five weeks long before, you know, from my first interview to my hire on date. So yeah. Yeah, mine was five weeks. My experience is not including sales. I mean, including Salesforce and my past work experience. For me, it depends on the size of the company. My Salesforce job interview job offer was like two and a half days. But in my previous careers, it was like a big global company. It took a little bit longer. So it really, I think, just depends. I don't know if it's a tech, non-tech type thing. No, Anita, that's just because you're a rock star. They, they say, <laughs> oh, it's Anita. Fast track this one. We're hiring her today. Everything's so fast for you. Right? <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> well, if you guys want to follow my same fast track and follow what I did, I took the free five-day challenge. Just head over to talentstacker.com forward slash start so you can sign up and maybe get fast tracked to a Salesforce career. Yeah. And if you are enjoying what we're talking about on the show and this is interesting to you and you feel like this is actually impacting you know, your comfort and your ability to transition into a tech career, if you have any questions, make sure to hit us at talentstacker.com forward slash voicemail. And if you're enjoying the show, make sure to click subscribe on whichever platform you are listening on. And that helps let the platform know that you actually want to hear more of this. So yeah, anyway, like I said, talentstacker.com forward slash voicemail, you can actually leave a voice message and have a chance to have that played on the show. And we will make sure to get an answer to that. You can also uh, leave us a review and in the feedback, just go ahead and ask any questions you have and we'll get those answered on the show. So thank you all so much for coming on and spending your time, which we know is extremely valuable based on the conversation today, you know, just talking and helping to share your stories so that hopefully we can be those proponents, like we talked about, putting the word out there, getting the stories out there, and making sure that other people are informed and have an opportunity to make a transition just like you guys did. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. 
Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. To get started for free on your own Salesforce career, go to talentstacker.com forward slash start or check the show notes. There you'll find all the resources you need to start earning 60 to 80,000 in as little as eight months, no matter your education or career background. The Salesforce for Everyone podcast was produced by Edmund T and engineered by Andrew Mendonza. If you like what we do at this scrappy can-do podcast, please help others find us by leaving a five-star rating and a great review on whichever platform you're listening to us right now. See you next time.